0: Adventure a movie podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a film. This week we're watching *The Life Aquatic* with Steve Zissou, directed by Wes Anderson. Blake, have you yes. seen this film before?
1: Um, I have not. I've never seen it before. Also, is it Zissou or is it Sue? I don't know how to say it correctly. I think Do you know? I think they're both acceptable. Well, are great, because I feel like Zissou would like takes so much energy. Well, how did you say it? I think I always just thought it was like Zisu. I think that sounds like way less glamorous though. So. Yeah. I think I heard them say it both ways in the yeah. actual movie. So It's hard. There's a lot of accents in this movie. So, I mean, I think everyone has their own kind of fun way of saying it.
0: There are a lot of accents in this There's movie. A That's a accents. very good way to put it.
1: A lot of accents. A lot of hyphens as well. I feel like a lot of people yeah. have hyphen last names, which, you know, whatever.
0: Which doesn't really matter because you only ever really learn somebody's first name in a movie for That's the so most sure. part.
1: Yeah. It's always a little bit extra to have like a fun last name because it never really matters in the long run. Run. Yeah. It's just like some uh, credits decoration. <laughs> credits decoration. <Yeah>. Always. So, <sighs> what was this your first time seeing it as well?
0: So, Always. this is the second time that I've seen it, but this is the first time I've seen it all the way through. Oh, okay. Now, I didn't realize this. I thought I'd watched it all the way through, but once we got to the end, I was like, oh, I don't remember this <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> at all. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember the bit with them in the sub. I don't remember oh. with them running along the beach at the end. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Any of that? I couldn't oh. remember that Owen Wilson died
1: in the movie. Um, sad. Well, yeah, it's just like a good. I mean, I know it's spoiler, but it's like that's like such a classic spoiler. This person dies at the end. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is a classic. Just
1: spoiler. right off the be- right, right off the bat. Yeah, it's good. just gotta get it out of the uh-huh. way. But what did what did you think about it? Now that we're oh, man. we're definitely we're into our Wes Anderson movies. We're really we're getting to
0: know. I think I'm learning longer. about myself that I thought I really 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 liked Wes Anderson, <laughs> but after doing this series or what. What we've done with this series so far, I think I'm batting about fifty percent. I think I like oh, wow. about half of his movies. Yeah, like really like him, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't like this one.
1: Yeah, no. no, I don't really either. I think, really, because I feel kind of the same way. Like, granted, I'm not like a huge fan, but like what I have seen, like I've liked and everything. But I think like going through his stuff, like I'm kind of realizing that I feel like I almost like some things he does, but I feel like there's has not been a movie. I've watched this like, hasn't, like, slightly annoyed me in some way or another. And I feel like, to me, like, this movie kind of encapsulates all the issues I have with Wes Anderson movies. I've always kind of been annoyed, obviously, with, like, his overuse of whimsy, and his kind of, I always feel like his humor's a little bit, I don't know how to describe it. It seems like a little, not smart-alecky, everything is in kind of, like, a quotation mark. Like, it's always... A little bit like that. And so I feel like this movie has a lot of that kind of overdone whimsicality, kind of that weird, dry humor. But I think the issue with this one for me is, like, real tenant bombs in Rushmore, which I think I like more, honestly, in hindsight. Like, at least it had, like, pretty substantial, like, involving storylines to... I agree. Like, complement all the stylistic stuff and, like, his, his brand of humor. Whereas I feel like this story didn't really grab me for the most part. And because of that, I feel like... So much of, like, what makes him interesting artistically is kind of diminished because there's it's kind of, like, latching on to nothing in particular. It's just, like, a stylish movie that's not really doing anything or saying anything.
0: Yeah. I felt like this movie was trying to reference something that didn't exist.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought it was referencing, like, the 1950s and 60s, like, adventure movies, like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea or, like, Fantastic Voyage. So I feel like they were—it was kind of Wes Anderson's version of that, but— Yeah, like it was just awkward because it was kind of like that kind of mindset, this kind of old-fashioned adventure, but Anderson also was kind of trying to make it one of those middle-of-the-road movies that like Bill Murray had done with like Sofia Coppola where it's like a midlife crisis kind of movie kind of thing. Kind of taking those sorts of ideas and those sorts of themes and combining them with this kind of genre specialty. And I don't feel like it really works that well because the movie, I don't know, it never really feels lighthearted enough, but it also never feels necessarily... Like humanistic and dramatic enough to really work with either thing it's paying homage
0: to. Yeah, I think the attempt is really for them to try to humanize Bill Murray and make you feel for him because he is supposed to be kind of this sadder, older man who used to be successful, but now people aren't really liking the mm-hmm. show that he's making. Yeah, but he end up. I think in the end, he just looks like a big jerk still.
1: No, I do too, because he's like. Uh, homophobic, kind of racist, and also, like, a whole point is that he, like, abandoned his son when he was younger, kind of, and then he's, like, trying to rebuild the relationship. So just, like, a lot of attributes about him that aren't super likable, and I don't feel like like I always think of like, there's this Jack Nicholson movie called As Good As It Gets, and he starts off the movie as this very kind of hateful villainous figure, and then he kind of shows his softer side, and I think Anderson kind of attempts to do something similar. I mean, granted, I don't think this character is, like, as, you know, um, villainous as like, the aforementioned character. But I think he's, like, trying to find, like, oh, Steve Sisu actually has, like, this heart of gold. He's a really nice guy. But I never really felt that way. I never really truly liked him. And in general, I never grew attached to really any of these characters. I felt like they were all kind of ideas, but they weren't really fully formed. So, yeah, not a lot <laughs> going yeah. on here that I really enjoyed. I think
0: that's a really good way to put it. Characters Mm -hmm. that you can't attach to because they aren't fully formed. Everybody's pretty Mm -hmm. one dimensional.
1: Everyone's one-dimensional and I think like Anderson, this I think irritated me and it felt very Anderson to me. But there were just a lot of side characters too that just felt like they were quirky just for quirkiness's sake. Like he has like this one character who's Brazilian but sits around and like sings David Bowie songs in Portuguese for like no reason other than like, look at how weird that is. Um, there's a character named Anne-Marie. It's
0: funny because I find him to be the most endearing character.
1: I just feel like he doesn't do anything except like, oh, look what he does, this fun little David yeah. thing. But like, I don't know. He's just kind of there yeah. to add it I, out. I don't know.
0: I think, I think in terms of if you are just looking at this film for atmosphere and for looks, I think that part is very nice. I think it adds to the idea that they're all supposed to be a bunch of like stoners who live on a boat together. And like that kind of dude would be there in that scenario. I'm not saying I disagree with you. (laughs) I totally agree with you. It is pretty unnecessary, but most of this movie is pretty unnecessary. Yeah, it's all unnecessary. So...
1: No, but yeah, you have him, you have this character named Anne-Marie who just, like, walks around topless because I guess that's funny. Yeah, that that annoyed me. And then even, like, Cable Ann character, like, she's pregnant, but that also feels just like a, like, this is this interesting thing about her that isn't conventional. She's pregnant, kind of. And, like, there's that. She also has, like, a very high-pitched voice for some reason, which I guess is just another thing. And then, yeah, I don't know. And then, like, also they'll, like, focus on sea creatures and they're all animated. So it's just, like, all these little annoying cartoonish things about the movie that I just feel like don't really do anything except be like, look at how strange and uh, twee this is, so.
0: I feel like the animated sea creatures are my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> they totally really? are. Yeah. yeah. No, I like, I, like, I mean... I just like them from like, a special effects point of view. Yeah. I enjoy stop motion mm-hmm. creatures. So, at the very beginning, when the young boy hands him the sea, what is it, a seahorse, it's like a rainbow colored seahorse in the uh, plastic bag, and he looks at it, and you get this shot of it swimming around, and it, it looks really, it's really interesting. I, I don't know, I, I think it's a cool effect. But, you know, wasn't his, wait, what was his next film? His ne, was his next film Fantastic Mr. Fox I after this think one? think so, yeah. So, he probably got the itch that's for that true. after he did Which, stop yeah. motion in this yeah
1: as far as i remember i like fantastic mr fox more so i guess we'll see when we talk about it but yeah.
0: i really like fantastic mr fox yeah
1: also do you want to give like just like a brief plot rundown because i feel like we didn't mention that and that's always good <laughs> sure. to kind of let people know because i feel like what if someone's walking in they're like what are they talking
0: about exactly. uh i'll do my best so there's an older guy named steve zisu who's played by bill murray and he makes a series of documentary films called Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, and he is a captain of a boat, and there's a bunch of people who go on the boat with him around the world to film things. So they make a movie, and they show it off at an Italian screening or film festival or something, and it's not well received. They don't like it. This really depresses Steve. So he's and what happens in the film is one of his crewmates gets eaten by what he calls a. It's like a jaguar shark. A jaguar shark. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is not a real shark. But I wish. Yeah, it's, very cool. it's really funny. <laughs> so he decides I'm gonna go on one last voyage, and we're gonna we're gonna get that shark and we're gonna kill that shark. Mm-hmm. So they go out and before he leaves, he meets Owen Wilson's character, whose name is. Ned Plimpton and he's claiming to be a love child from a fling that Bill Murray's character had had many years before Mm. so he says alright well whatever young guy come on the boat with me so they go on a bunch of adventures they steal a bunch of things from Jeff Goldblum's characters, research base a guy gets kidnapped, they go rescue him and then Owen Wilson dies and then they go underwater and they see the jaguar shark but instead of killing it like, he says he's going to do. He's so in awe of its beauty that they decide to let it live. And that's the
1: whole movie. Wow, there you go. That was good. Nice and brief. Yeah. Got to all the points. But yeah, even like when you're talking about it, I feel like, like it does sound like an intriguing movie for sure. And this I would think be
0: an intriguing movie if it was an hour and 20 minutes long. I think it
1: an hour and 20 minutes or if it were made in like 1965 or something. Just like, yeah. I don't know. It just, it all felt too much, like, Anderson was just, like, n- knows what he's doing so much that, like, it takes almost the fun. Like, th- I feel like these kinds of movies are more fun when, like, the people who are making it kind of, like, think it's cool, whereas, like, he kind of is looking at all these components in a kind of an ironic way, like, all these silly, like, adventures they have. Like, there's, like, this big action sequences, like, a big action sequence with, um, like, some pirates who attack them, but even then, like, it's too too ironic, too much of a kind of wink going on I just didn't feel
0: I was trying to identify I was, kind of put off by it. I was trying to identify while I watched this who is this movie for what is the target audience I don't think it's sour old men no I don't really And I know don't honestly think it's like trendy teenage guys and girls either I don't
1: either cuz I feel like at least his other movies they could appeal just cuz they were just like universal sorts of Family dramas, coming of age movies, like just like things that can appeal to anyone. And these this movie certainly has those components, but I think it ultimately is a tribute to kind of these old fashioned action movies. But like a lot of people haven't seen, you know, an action movie from the 50s or 60s. Like most people are not really well versed in that kind of thing. So I don't know, I just don't feel I feel like the other ones could work because they did have these pretty conventional storylines and amid, like amidst all these like other stranger components, whereas with this one, the more esoteric components kind of override the things that people could relate to or attach to. So I
0: think that's kind of the big issue here. I just wrote in quotes at the end of my notes, this movie is for SpongeBob. Oh, is it? I think I think this movie is <laughs> for SpongeBob. I feel like really? SpongeBob would be very into this. Really? And you know what? I wrote this, and then I read Roger Ebert's review of the movie, and he agreed with me. Did he said SpongeBob? He said this movie is for SpongeBob in his review. Really? I could
1: not believe it. I didn't realize that Roger was... A SpongeBob fan. That's very exciting to hear. Yeah, I always feel like now when I hear SpongeBob, I automatically think of that interview with Gal Gadot where she calls him Bob Sponge, <gasps> and she and Chris Bob Pine Sponge. just like laugh for like two minutes afterward. It's very funny. Um, Please.
0: Bob Sponge was my father.
1: <laughs> Cause like the video itself like doesn't have like any context. In charge. It's like I wouldn't want to be Bob Sponge, and it's like. But what was the question? Like I, <laughs> I like to know. That would be great. Um, but I always think of that now.
0: Man, I'm gonna have to find that and oh, put that in our description so people can
1: see it. Yeah, no, I didn't read Rogers' review. I read um, this review by like Anthony Lane, um, who wrote for the New Yorker, and I kind of. I think I kind of mentioned something he said earlier. But it's so true because he says, like, one of his quotes is, like, you sense that some stretches of action in Life Aquatic are being lightly held within quotation marks. And then he brought up, like, how the pirate thing was like that. And I feel like, yeah, he and Roger Ebert probably are just kind of on the money, kind of like the, this movie that you can kind of respect what it's doing. And Anderson is clearly a talented filmmaker, but at the same time, there's, like, this... It's too knowing, almost, I think, for the most part. Certainly. Yeah. Do you want to... Get some fun facts for us. I would be honored. Did you enjoy how I, that was like? I should have done more of an imitation of you, but I just couldn't.
0: No, I think that was very great. Good, that's close enough. Sure, I've <laughs> got I've got a few fun facts great. for you. Uh, so, the actor, uh, Sue, I think it's Sue Jorge, or Sue, I think it's Sue Jorge who, sure. who plays uh, the man who sings these songs mm-hmm. by David Bowie. He translated and transposed all of those what? David Bowie songs into Portuguese oh, wow, for should... this film. So, he did that all himself and then performed it. Okay, I'll cut him some slack. Yeah, I enjoyed <laughs> that. I think that's pretty fun. Yeah. I like that. This one's my favorite fact, which is Kate Blanchett fainted after they put her in. Uh, pregnancy prosthetic. Uh, when they put that on her, mm. she fainted, and she 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 woke up and she was like, "I've never fainted before." Oh my gosh! <laughs> she found out like two days later that she was actually pregnant. Wow! So get it, Kate? Wow! Yep. Uh, like you said earlier, the red caps that they wear are definitely a reference to Jacques Cousteau. Oh, this is another good one. There's a there's a guy, an actor in it named Matthew. Gray Gobbler, who plays uh, intern number one, uh-huh. and he was Wes Anderson's actual intern on the set. Really? Yeah. So he was, he, he was an intern in real life and in fiction. He's also in,
1: what's that crime show? It's like the one that like specializes in like serial killers. Frick, what is that called? Anyway, I know Matthew Gray Gobbler is in that. Oh, cool. I've only seen like one episode of whatever show I'm trying to name. I don't know why I can't think of what it's called right now. That, also great Twitter, fun facts. That he has a great one. Twitter. Very good Twitter. I'm a oh, big fan. Cool, i will have to check him out. Yeah. While you're naming fun facts, I'm also gonna think of what this show is called, and hopefully I can remember the end. I always could just like pull up my phone really quickly and uh, look at his filmography, but who knows? Who knows?
0: And my last fun fact, <laughs> which I think is the most Wes Anderson style fun fact for a movie, mm-hmm. is that during filming, Bill Murray became a certified diver and logged over forty hours. Oh my god. What's he doing underwater? What
1: is Bill like? What are his favorite sea creatures? I'm curious. If I had to guess, I'd probably say jaguar shark. I would hope so. I wonder where you would find that in the ocean. Probably nowhere.
0: What are the islands they say that they go to? The, the Ping Islands, which are not real islands. Of oh, yeah, course. for sure. They, you don't even know what part. <laughs> I think they're supposed to be kind of near Japan. Yeah. Is where they are at that point in the film. I have no idea
1: what they said. I'm sure it was something very kind of just like a draw. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Anyway, this show's called Criminal Minds, and I don't know why I didn't remember wow, that. Wow,
0: Criminal Minds? I can't believe I didn't I'm even so, suggest that.
1: I'm so mad at myself, because I knew that. <laughs> I know all these reverends, but whatever. Oh, now no. we know. Apparently, it's still on. It's been on since 2005. What seems weird work Matthew Gregor, even now, it looks pretty young to me, so I'm a little bit baffled that he is as old as he is, so <laughs> good for him.
0: I really, I'm not a big fan of this film, and... Just going back to what Roger Ebert said in that review, he says that it's a fascinating movie, but that he couldn't recommend it.
1: Yeah. And I feel
0: kind of the same way. I don't know who I know who would enjoy this film.
1: Yeah, and I think it's definitely, if you really like Wes Anderson, I feel like this is also just turning into a final thought. I think if you like Wes Anderson, like, certainly check this out. But I think it's skippable. I think it's like, (laughs) I think of all those Entertainment Weekly, they'll like, will make, like, if a show's, like, having a new season, they'll, like, tell you which episodes, like, you have to watch and which ones you can skip to prepare for the new season. And I feel like, in terms of his whole filmography, like, this is the one that I would say skip. <laughs> yeah, it's but, like... Yeah. It's like the TV episode that's filler. Yeah, you know, that exactly. You don't have to watch one week. Yeah, like, it's filler. It's interesting. There's some interesting opponents, obviously. I
0: like a lot of what the movie does visually, but... Yeah, so it's not I think, enough. I think okay. I I guess I would recommend this movie to one set of people, and that's set designers or that's people true, people yeah. who people who build sets for plays. Yeah. Even I'd say watch this film because they do some interesting stuff with the camera yeah. moving through sets and kind of acknowledge that the sets are sets. Yeah, there's a lot of scenes where people are looking at each other from across doors and you can just see both rooms at the same time and mm-hmm. it looks very fake but yeah the sets are very very
1: cool no it's a cool kind of artifice and i think that's something that we can always i feel like even if anderson is subpar, part like that's something you can always depend on is the movie is going to look really good you can tell there's been a lot of time invested into you know how it is going to appear visually so Kudos to that. Some good components, but, I mean, it's two hours, and it moves really slowly, so. This movie crawls. It really crawls. Enter at your own risk, or, if possible, watch at, like, 1.25 speed. But even then, why do it? You don't have a show. Or maybe you do. I don't know. (laughs) That (laughs) sounded like a final thought to me. I think think it was a final thought. Could I just, like, cap that with, like, and that was my final thought. Cool. Yeah. And that was also my final thought. (laughs) Great. I think it's good. It's good to be, just do like a quick summary like that. We're great. I think, yeah. I think we have a good flow.
0: Why don't you start us off with recommendations?
1: Recommendations. So, since I did have, I've mentioned this during uh, this episode, but um, I was, I did have like 50s, 60s action movies on the mind, especially kind of, I don't want to say underwater because I feel like neither of the, I guess one of them is and the one of them really isn't. But, I was kind of thinking of those a lot. So I had mentioned Fantastic Voyage earlier. I love that movie so much. It's a 1966. It's more sci-fi, I guess, but it involves a scientist. is There's like assassination attempt, basically. And he has this really, really important information that I think pertains to a looming sort of nuclear war. And so this group of scientists is shrunk down to like a microscopic size to, I guess, like they go on a ship and travel through his body. And they get to his brain to try to, like, fix his brain before... There's, like, a certain amount of time they have before, like, he'll die or whatever. So they have, like, this, like, set amount of time. And I think the movie occurs in real time for the most part. So basically, they they go inside his body and try to fix his brain before he dies. And it's crazy. And Raquel Willis plays as a scientist, and that's really... It's all just amazing.
0: I'm going to check that out. It's I haven't so seen good. that. That sounds I it.
1: great. I think it might be on HBO Go, but I'm not positive. Ooh. Don't add me. But I think I think it is. Okay. If not Xfinity, which I don't have anymore, so it sucks. Sad. I also picked... I feel like this is not that similar, but I figured since I did like what I saw that was like underwater in this movie, I was thinking, like, what's a really good underwater movie? And I automatically thought of the 1965 James Bond classic, Thunderball, which... Famously has a climax that is like it's like a big shootout, but it's all underwater and it's amazing. Also, that movie's amazing, and I feel like it gets no love because like Goldfinger came right before it, and everyone stands for Goldfinger, which is you know great. But I think Thunderball's <laughs> it also is great. in
0: fact great.
1: Yeah, they have a great like Bond girl villain that I love in it. The main Bond girl is kind of boring, but like the villain Bond girl is terrific. So check it out for that. Great water, great locales. I love it all. And there you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I've seen every single Bond film, but i it's been so long since so I've seen Thunderball that I, I i remember the shootout at the end, though. That's it's so probably good. been 10 years since I've seen it, but I remember that bit I love, for I, sure.
1: I think the only James Bond movie I haven't seen is Octopussy because I just refuse. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, that's the unofficial one, right? No, the unofficial one's Never Say Never Again, which I haven't seen that one either because it's unofficial, so I'm like, why try? Also, like, seeing Sean Connery, kind of old, No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. No, can't take you.
1: it i don't want it but <laughs> yeah. i've seen octopussy is it good no I didn't think so. But, I mean, I, again, it's been probably 10 years, so. Is it like the Maude Adams curse? Because she was also a Bond girl. She's a Bond girl in that. She's octopusy, But she was also a man with a golden gun, which is also really bad. So maybe, I don't know. You
0: think the man with the golden gun is really bad?
1: I don't think it's really bad, but it's not great. That Other one's so corny. I love it. Christopher is a really fun Bond villain. Oh, my gosh.
0: James Bond yeah. Pre- yeah. pretends he's a statue at the end. That's true. And that's
1: how he gets him. Yeah. Spoilers. I still feel like it's like they for forever. forced Britt Eklund to just like run around in a the entire time. And it's like, just, I mean, I'm sure Brit was fine with it. She really prided herself on how she presented herself. But at the same time, like, you know, let her, let her have some some fun without being so exposed, you know? Anyway, yeah. what are your recommendations?
0: Quite a tangent. Quite a tangent. My recommendations are very different. I'm going to recommend first, because we were talking about Artifice, I think if you're into the sets in this film and how it looks and you like that constructed environment kind of feel, then you should go watch The Night of the Hunter and then listen to our episode on it. Oh, wow. Get look caught at that up. shameless plug. That, yeah, I think I, that was definitely one of my favorite movies that we've talked about <laughs> and one of my favorites that we saw last year. So I, I would super recommend that if you're into set design and how things look. Mm-hmm. And then next, because I think... Ebert is always pretty on the nose for me. Not on the nose. That's the wrong way to say that. I think I think I generally end up agreeing with what he has to say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think you should go watch the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Oh, not, wow. not this 3D animated new one. I'm talking the original SpongeBob SquarePants movie. That's a good movie. Which is a fantastic movie with a really good soundtrack. Really? I don't and, even remember what songs they had. Uh, they go on a big adventure... And they sing some songs together, and by the end, Spongebob and Patrick are even better friends than when they left Bikini mm, Bottom. So touching. that's my rec- – those are my recommendations. I saw that in theaters when I was a kid. Did you really? Still love it, yeah. I did not have so the pleasure of seeing it in the theater, but I, <sighs> I did see it as a kid, and I loved it. It is weird thinking about
1: how in theaters they don't really have – Animated movies that are like that sort of animation really anymore, like the hand drawn, you don't really I know. see it as often as you used to. It's kind of a bummer. I agree. Like it's an anomaly now. Also, I haven't seen like the. Was the new one live action with SpongeBob or like.? Because I know it's like some weird.
0: The new one starts at the most. Most of it is that hand drawn look. Oh, but then okay. at the end of the film, they come out of the water and they're 3D. And oh boy. Yeah, they meet, they meet somebody who's live action. I think it's the same guy who they meet who's live-action in the original David one. Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff? I think it's David Hasselhoff oh, again. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's good. good. Stuff. I actually yeah. fell asleep during the, the new Excuse one. Excuse me? what? During don't... the new one. How dare you do that to SpongeBob? I don't even know if late. it's good, but how dare you? I'm sorry. How dare you do it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I always just split it up because I'm, like, too afraid of, like, disrespecting a movie. I'm like, I have to give it my full attention, <laughs> full even if attention. I hate it. I'm
0: like, I I guess I made the mistake of lying horizontal in bed while I was watching it. Uh, and then that's just what totally, happens. That know, always
1: happens. Totally I'll, I always do that. It's like if I'm at home and I, like, lay on the couch and it's, like, 1030, I'm like, you know you're going to fall asleep, so just don't even try it. <laughs> don't so even I try it. Don't even do it. So. <laughs>
0: Well All right. There you go. I think that's it for us this week. It's a great episode. It was I had a good time. Even though <laughs> the movie is not time. my favorite. I, not my favorite. I like talking about it. Yeah. I just love talking. <laughs> well, when they put a microphone in your face, yeah. Like what other choice not. do I
1: have, you know?
0: <laughs> if you'd like to hear more of us talking about movies, like The Life Aquatic, or very much not like The Life Aquatic, <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Android, Stitcher, Now, TuneIn. Wow, you're and just, our, like, our website. A new that's, thing every right. Week. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. And on our website, uwpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the FilmCast. You can find us on our personal accounts at Aiden Walkrow or at Blake W. Peterson. If you want to write us about a suggestion for a film to watch, or you just want to share your opinions with us, you can shoot us an email at cinemadventurepodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, please share it with a friend so we can get the word out on what we're doing over here. If you want to follow along with us, next Wednesday we're going to be talking about The Darjeeling Limited. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>
1: Did you know Peruvians have their own type of Chinese food? Or that Vietnamese food is heavily influenced by French cuisine? Have you ever wondered what other cultures' drunk food is like? Explore these topics and more right here on the Soundbite Network. My name is Dee, Dee Madigan, and I'm the host of Home Plates, a podcast all about food. Catch up on the first season of Home Plates on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. New episodes air every Wednesday.
0: For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbites website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.